Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome back. It's another episode of Simply Amazing. Uh, Tim Ryder from the Apple. Uh, back as always, the incomparable Taron Sharma. What's up, buddy? How's your week going so far? Yeah, it's going well. Um, busy week all around. Tons of news, both in baseball and out of baseball. But it's just so nice. I think this weekend is the last weekend without Mets baseball for uh, the foreseeable future. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, we're hoping to see Halloween before base, before Mets baseball ends. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, players. I believe they reported just in, over the last couple of days. Uh, we've seen some live BP and video getting shot by the by the beats by the team, and it's uh, it's exciting. I think everyone's kind of feeling that that rush that you know baseball's finally back. It's of an extremely competitive team. Um, you know, it's the furthest thing from irrelevant. And I can remember so many spring trainings as a Mets fan heading into spring where everyone's, you know, uh, bouncing and, and just Mets fans aren't, but you know, the tables have turned 180. and, uh, I guess we'll get into all of it. Um, I know everyone's been talking about a Pete Alonzo, extension shout out to eric eric from the apple who uh was right on top of this he said the mets should sign uh mcneil and alonzo to extensions this is going back almost uh probably a month plus now but alonzo's still out there he hasn't he's you know kept uh mums the word as far as extension talk i'm sure the team's willing to speak with him um you have any thoughts he sure did hit a a, a power bomb today yeah, I mean, obviously, I love Pete. I think Pete, in a lot of ways, is the soul of the club. And um, I, I think that the great thing about this team right now, the way that it's currently constructed, there are so many leaders in different areas. You look at Max, Francisco Lindor, obviously. Nimmo has really risen to that role. Uh, McNeil as well. But Pete... I think he's really been um, the the fire, the passion um, for this team a lot in, in the same way that uh, that Lindor has been. So um, obviously would love for him to stick around. He's a guy that's consist- consistently shown improvement. Uh, he's uh, become a better hitter, but more uh, evidently, I, I, I think that it's kind of amazing how he's dedicated himself to being a, a good fielder. And I, I just think about that um, when he was at uh, all-star week last year uh, and working with Ron Washington. And that was just kind of a cool thing because, um, you know, Ron Washington obviously works for the Braves, but one of the best defensive coaches in all of 
baseball and um so soaking that up and, and taking advantage of the opportunity to uh to gain that knowledge i thought was awesome and it really speaks to the type of guy that pete is like uh you want somebody who is going to keep working hard and, and dedicating themselves to the team and honestly when pete came up i thought that there was uh you know a, a bit of a lull in in terms of who was going to fill this power vacuum that, uh, and, and really like lead the team. And I think that he rose to that challenge in a huge market and he's somebody that loves to be here. So I would love for him to spend his entire career with the Mets. Oh, a hundred percent. I think he's would be the ideal candidate to, you know, have his, maybe not the face of the, of the franchise, but one of the faces of the franchise, you know, for the more than foreseeable future. Um, you know, what strikes me about Pete, and I have no problem with him kind of brushing off any extension talk right now. I think, you know, of course, outside perspective, it looks like he has no want or intention of having this be a distraction, whether it gets done during spring training, whether it gets done through the season, whether it gets done down the road somewhere. Um I think it's you know obvious that both sides are are interested in in talking about it, and I'm sure there's been some conversations. But you know, like you just said, Pete's been getting better progressively every year. He's you know finding I guess he's pinpointing his deficiencies and he's bringing them up to par, and he's doing it on almost like a case to case basis too, which is extremely impressive. Whether it's two out strikes, whether it's chasing a down and away pitch, whether it's his defense, whatever. He he puts the effort in. Um I think derailing that would, you know, have ripple effects or at least negative effects. And keeping the contract stuff in his agent's office is probably the best thing for everybody right now. Like I think as Mets fans, I don't think we should be all too concerned with what's going to happen with the extension. I think it's, I don't want to say it's a shoe in, but at least not after uh DeGrom this winter. But um, I do think that, you know, it's approaching that inevitable, those inevitable stages that, you know, both sides clearly want this. I'm sure Pete wants to go into the season and continue on his trajectory and maybe bump up his value a little more in case they do want to approach that. But you know, it's not like the Mets are going to try and shortchange anybody either. So, um, yeah, I would just, I'm very happy letting this play out and keep Pete focused on the field and keep the power coming from, from that department and hope he gets some more from us, from some other spots. Yeah. And, uh, I, I wonder if, you know, so you were talking about Eric was, uh, was talking about the, um, extensions. I was, also, you know, discussing this, I think, with you a, a little while back when we were exchanging some numbers, my number for McNeil was, that I had in my mind was uh, much higher than what he ended up getting. So I'm wondering if that also indicates anything in terms of um, guys who want to be here, who are, who are homegrown, maybe taking even a little bit less, even though uh, Steve Cohen has obviously shown that he's willing to spend. Well, I I wouldn't be surprised by that. I'm sure that, you know, individually each guy wants to get what they're 
what they're due. And, you know, for a guy like Jeff McNeil, what did he come out to? Four fifty-two, four years, 52. I don't, I, I don't have it in front of me and I could just be throwing that number out, but I think you're right on that. Okay. So, you know, I think that's fair. I don't, I, I don't necessarily think the game, at least monetarily values batting average as it should, but you know, I think outside looking in a lot of folks, see Jeff McNeil is just a batting average guy or a slap hitter guy. He's not, he does so much more than that. And um, I think the Mets getting him for a number like they did that that's, you know, that's great. He's still at least currently on the right side of 30. Um, he doesn't have a ton of wear and tear on him. He's versatile. He's of course, everything he does with the bat. That's outstanding. Now, if that can trickle down into whether it's reinforcing the roster, whether it's maybe padding uh, or having a little wiggle room if, if you know, if Pete's negotiations get a little hairy. Um, whatever the case may be, you know, this organization is just, whether it's, you know, thinking long game or just thinking now, like, hey, you think we can get this done for this number? Cool. Sign right here. Like, however it went down, no, I guess no matter how it went down, no matter what the number was anyway, it, it's it's all good things for the Mets right now, man. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Darren Ruff, but we'll, we'll get into him in a second. While we're talking about money, we're going to jump into this now. And I guess we're talking about the, the, the vibes as well. But Max Scherzer talked uh, with Andy Martino from SNY on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Said that he hasn't even thought about his opt-out yet. Hasn't even crossed his mind. He said, when we get to that bridge, we'll cross it. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And, you know, he he put that in there. It was almost like a, a, a safety clause in case this organization was not going in the direction that he wanted to go. I, I really, I implore you guys, check out Andy's article. It's really, really good. Really cool insight uh, from Max, you know, I guess, and everybody kind of thought this when when Jake walked, like, you know, where are things going to go from here? And clearly the Mets had already shown that they were putting the right foot forward even before Jake left. But how they've responded since Jake left, and I think everybody kind of feels the same way, is that this organization's heading in the right direction. And, you know, if I'm Max, and I guess the same thing could almost be said in the same regard or in the same breath as Pete, keep things focused on the field. You do it right here and everything else is going to happen right elsewhere. It's, it's just, it's a beautiful time to be a Mets fan. It has to be a wonderful time to be a Mets player, a part of the Mets organization, just incredible. Yeah. And, and I thought that the comments were very interesting. Scherzer said that um, it was a big draw for him to be able to come to New York and pitch with the Grom. And I mean, obviously all the fans were thinking that too, but it was cool to hear that, that Scherzer was thinking that as well. Um, and that he was aware that DeGrom had this opt out looming and that he was also thinking along the lines of what is going to happen if the, uh, if DeGrom opts out and where the Mets going to pivot to. And he told Martino, I got my answer, which is awesome. Like uh, the, the, the two year, uh, agreement for Verlander, I think it, it would be top of mind, but um, also reinforcing that with uh, Quintana, with Senga, 
with uh, bringing Ottavino back, extending Diaz. Uh, hey, and, and even though it didn't work out, making the push for Correa says a lot about this organization and where they're at and where their head's at. Absolutely. And, and so I think that, yeah, it's great. He's uh, Scherzer is focused on the season. That is just who he is. That's been him. He's been a professional uh, as long as we've been aware of one of the world's greatest pitchers, Max Scherzer, like that level guy. And I think that it's no coincidence that the Verlander deal is for two years. I, I think that these guys are, are interested in chasing a championship together. They didn't get it done together in Detroit. They got awfully close. Um, and, and so I think that they are on the same page. Uh, Scherzer, if he doesn't opt out, it would be two years uh, uh, and uh, Verlander signed for two years, obviously. So um, yeah. I, I, I think that the focus is very evident. Um, and obviously, you know, like baseball is so funny, right? You need so many things to go right. You need to stay healthy because one small tweak can change everything for uh, how a guy uh, approaches going to the plate or or pitching. And I, so knowing that and knowing that they'll still need a good amount of luck and that they're going to have to battle two of the other best teams in baseball and the Phillies and, and Atlanta to win their division and get into the playoffs – I, I couldn't be more thrilled right now with what I'm hearing. And uh, and so that just makes me all the more excited to to see it. And, and so that's what I'm looking forward to most well, right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the little pieces are coming together now. And we're, we're going to get into what's been the driving force behind this organizational turnaround when we get into the second half. But, you know, what we're even just what we're seeing in camp now, you see guys like – um, uh, who was it? Excuse me. I have it written down. David Lennon from Newsday. Um, Brandon Nimmo said on Tuesday, you know, and, and he hasn't, he's never been the stolen base threat that I guess maybe prospect, uh, prospectors had hoped for when he was younger. Even I think he had in 2018, I think he had like 15 attempts. And it's like, oh, he's coming. He's going to make an attempt. And it, you know, it really hasn't been part of Nimmo's game. And I think it's just another Say hey, you know, of the even whether it's team or individual, you know, hey, this is what works for us. This is what you're going to focus on, and uh, you know, if you have opportunities to swipe a bag here or there, cool. But you know, in Nimmo's case, and I think for everybody, everyone's got their strengths, their weaknesses, and what works and what doesn't, what have you. For Nimmo, and I think that he's probably fine with this, you know, would he like to maybe swipe 10 bags in the air? I'm sure. But for the way this team is built, it's not necessary, especially with the, I don't want to say issues that Nimmo's have with his legs, but he has had, you know, hiccups, whether it's a quad or a hammy or a calf. There's been some things here and there. And, you know, like you said before, whatever keeps you on the field, that's what we want. And, you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna limit Nimmo's uh, aggressiveness on the Bates paths with maybe that in mind, I'm fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, do you want to take a break and then we'll talk about Cohen? Or yeah, yeah, we do have to take a quick break. I want to ask you about Ruff um, really briefly. 
So he got an injection in his right wrist, which is not a great start to camp, but Buck says he'll be back. Uh, he should be ready to go shortly. I believe that, that was his uh, his very shortened quote there. Yeah. Daniel Volgaback's looking very trim. Um, the Mets do have another right-handed DH option or two in their on their 40-man, whether that be um, uh, implanted in the roster already or maybe on a fringe, but you know, we'll, we'll discuss all that at some point during this spring training season. Are you, are you foreseeing rough being here when it comes down to, uh, to making those cuts at the end of March? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I, I think that he'll probably end up, um, being released and then maybe resigned to a, uh, a minor's deal. But the, the, the comments today just, you know, I, I have felt bad about rough. Uh, it just still made me feel bad for him. Like last year, awful year for him after he got to New York. Uh, uh, we've talked about it on here. He lost his father last year. And then now this it's, I've seen Darren Ruff be successful. Like yeah. it, he, he was a good player in San Francisco. He, he did the things that the Mets brought him here to do he just hasn't done them here and so like him uh i, I think he said to uh to tim healy that he hit a few foul ball homers that um they they started fair they ended up foul but no one cares because they probably ended up in strikeouts like yeah i, I of course <laughs> why would anybody care like yeah. yeah okay you were you were uh a little bit um ahead or behind on a on a on a few balls but yeah I mean, how many casual how many how many casual fans are like oh man he made solid contact though <laughs> no especially in a pennant race right it's it's about production and so um yeah I, I i feel bad for darren ruff i hope that he's able to bounce back from this arthritis fairly quickly I, I wonder if that was bothering him last year uh, or, or, you know, how it affected his performance uh, once he got to New York. But hopefully this uh, is it cortisol, cortisol. Uh, I, I, one of the two. I'm not sure. It was just a, yeah. all I saw was an injection in his wrist. I hope that that uh, that clears it up. But, yeah, yeah. I, I think that there are a lot of guys on this roster or who are knocking at the door that can fill the role that Ruff might fill. And, uh, and so I think there's a ton of competition and, uh, and I'm not sure if he's going to be in a position where he can, uh, you know, perform well enough to break camp with the team. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? You know, I think it's going to be a very pivotal spring for him. I think that if he can be the Darren Ruff that they traded for guy who has the ability to hit lefties guy who has the ability to hit some power, if he's good, um, I think he can have a spot on this roster. I think it's just going to be an uphill climb. But I also think the Mets have protected themselves really well in case he's not ready to step into that role. I think that, um, you know, of course, Francisco Alvarez is always going to be there as an option in my head. I think he should get reps as a right-handed DH, but, you know, I'll bark up that tree up until – they tell me it's uh, absolutely not going to happen. But from all, from what we're hearing, it's not going to happen. But from what Buck's saying, it's going to be um, – and this isn't just for Alvarez, it's for everybody. You know, you're going to have to earn it. 
this is what spring training is for. And I know it's probably some sort of a spring training cliche, but it's it's the truth, especially when you have such a stacked team like this where there are a half dozen guys on the bubble right now who with a strong spring could absolutely be on the opening day roster. And, you know, I, leading into our second half, this team has been built in a way that's it's almost eliminated as much risk as possible and just kept on adding good players to an already good team. But we do have to take a break and you kind of already know where we're going with this. So hang tight. We'll be right back. And we're back. Um, as we were saying, things have been almost, you know, on the brink of magical for this organization as of late. Hey, uh, Tim, sorry, sir. can I say one one more thing about uh, Darren Ruff? Because uh, sure. just during our break, I read a great article by uh, Abby Mastraco in the uh, New York Daily News. But apparently this is something that Ruff has been dealing with for a couple of seasons. He's played through it before. He said he has no concerns that he'll be back in a couple of days. So, I mean, maybe the odds are better than what I gave it credit for. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so just leaving it there. I, I, I Yeah, I, I hope that he's able to bounce back quickly and, and show that he's still capable of doing what they brought him here to do. Oh, it would absolutely, it would be, you know, it would be, I don't want to say it would be a home run because that's just way too punish. It would be a boon for the Mets if Darren Ruff can be any semblance of what Darren Ruff once was and what they traded for him to be. It would be huge. But, um, yeah, you know, the next six weeks are going to really say a lot about this roster. And, boy, what a roster it is. I mean, we we've talked about it. You know, this is going back probably 18 months now. Like, wow, they're really putting effort. And, you know, we've just seen this gain more steam and gain more momentum. And, you know, the motivation to actually fly a pennant at City Field in the next few years is is real. You know, like you heard Steve Cohen say it when he I think it was his press conference. Like this is our plan is three to five years. And it really does look like they're shooting for that for the low end of that of that plan like they're they're just they're doing all they can um and unfortunately they're making some enemies in the process uh you know fellow owners were always going to be upset about what steve cohen was possibly going to do and i think that they were probably concerned about that bringing him on and he played it cool for a while and now he's just acting like a professional sports franchise owner who who's spending money that he doesn't really need um, should be acting like, you know, let's I'm here to win a championship. Let's win a championship. Now owners are getting there, you know, getting all ruffled and that that's of course naturally going to happen. Commissioner Rob Manfred this week as major league baseball, at least as the league has done it many times over the last, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years, uh, floated and strongly floated a salary cap and, I guess, reform among the financial landscape of baseball. Correct me if I'm wrong, Taryn. Isn't this what they did during the CBA last year when they added a fourth-tier tax, aptly nicknamed the Steve Cohen tax? Wasn't this them already saying, okay, well, this is the rules we're going to set? Are they going to change the rules again 
or are they just going to go ahead and, and and let these guys play by the rules that the league set? Yeah, listen, I, I don't think that it's any secret that Major League Baseball owners and owners of professional sports franchises more generally want a salary cap um, oh, because when you have cost certainty, which is something that a salary cap provides, you're, the value of your team, which is really where a lot of this value is, right? If you own a team, it's not like, oh, the Mets are worth $5 billion. I have $5 billion. All that value is tied up in the equity of the team. Well, the equity, uh, your value uh, of, of your equity in the team goes up so much when there is cost certainty, when a prospective buyer would know what exactly they have to spend in a year on a year on year off basis to pay for the team. And so knowing that, yeah, I think that the the owners would love to have a salary cap. Um, I think that the Cohen tax is 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 a pretty good um, compromise for them. Uh, it, I was, think it, was, it was a solid deterrent, right? Yeah, yeah I think well, the, it, it, it was constructed as a solid deterrent. Steve Cohen just blew right past it. Yeah, but they had to have known that, right? Like the point of the the tax is not to prevent anyone from going past it. It's supposed to make it hurt if they do. Yeah. And so and so if the Mets keep going over the 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 fourth threshold, which um, they might, I mean, they it seems pretty clear that they understand that they have to spend for pitching. There isn't pitching coming through the minors right now. There's no pitching that's any anywhere really close to contributing to the big league club. So knowing that they're going to have to spend for pitching, pitching is a pretty expensive commodity. And uh, and so I think that the Mets and Cohen have keep showing that they're willing to, uh, to shell out for that. Um, so understanding that, I, I think it's it's fairly clear that they're going to go over that number. Like it, it, they're they're going to spend forty million dollars on whoever the best pitcher is. If Otani does end up becoming available, barring something else happening, I, I think they're going to set a new record in terms of what they offer him. And so, so could the Dodgers, so could the Yankees, so could the Giants, and several other clubs who are who have owners that are inclined to participate that way. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, I, I want to say yeah, it was Buster only at ESPN. He shared, uh, and then, and then, excuse me, an anonymous, a rival MLB owners quote saying, why don't we just say thank you for the tax money? And I'm of course paraphrasing, um, you know, thanks for the tax money, Steve, like, and just, you know, go on. If you're an if you're an opposing team, continuing to advance your ball club. Like I just I can't understand any other team, any other twenty of the twenty nine teams getting upset with one for trying to win a championship. I, I just I just can't wrap my head around it. Um, as far as the cap, I think this has been a. Uh, at least, uh, you know, in the pocket of Major League Baseball for a very long time. I mean, if you remember back to the 94 strike, they slid one in without telling the union, which is kind of blew things on its, uh, uh, at least blew the lid off. Uh, I believe it was January of 94. 
They just kind of slid it in. Said, oh, yeah, we're going to have a salary cap now. <laughs> and I want to say every player in Major League Baseball filed for free agency at once or something to that effect. I don't have my my timeline ahead of me, in front of me. But, you know, of course they want this. They want to <laughs> – it's funny because it all comes down to, to profit. And, of course, these are – you know, not every professional sports owner is a – is a fan like Steve Cohen is. Um, they're just business people, businessmen and white businessmen in most cases. Um, and and they, you know, they are in this to to make money. And, you know, that's unfortunate from a fan's perspective, but I guess that's the the landscape. But you have to look at Steve Cohen and what he's doing and whether he has some some allies within that fraternity that are willing to say, oh yeah, you know what? Maybe this is how it should be done. And I think he alluded to that. And, um, you know, there are people who are saying, hey, you're you're playing by the rules and, and that's great. And I guess you, you, you kind of hope that all boats, you know, rise with the tide and, and, and you see some real change happening. But Major League Baseball, it almost feels like they're they're trying to hinder it. And that just it's slowing the game down. It's it's it's. It's extinguishing the growth of the game, which I, is, I, it's I, I I think you're spot on. And, and I think that that connects to another story that's going on at the same time right now. And I, I think there's a pretty clear exchange that can be made here. So uh, I, I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have at least been peripheral, peripherally aware of the uh, diamond sports is thinking about filing for bankruptcy, they probably will. After oh, this. The, um, the regional sports networks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is owned by Sinclair. So Bally Sports North here in Minnesota or some other uh, uh, regional sports networks. I think there's like 19 of them. Um, those uh, deals being um, broken would open up the, the system to allow for major league baseball to do something more akin to what uh major or sorry, uh, the national football league does where they sell all of the television broadcast rights. And then they divide that up 32 ways teams in major markets, like uh, the Yankees, like the Dodgers, um, conceivably like what the Mets could be in the future because uh, the SNY contract I don't think is as lucrative as it would be if that uh, if those television rights went to market. Um, they have not traditionally been interested in doing the uh, the model where everybody gets a piece of the national deal. And so if you if you look at what the complaints are about, and uh, the complaints in this case is that the economic system is not fair because these owners, these teams uh, in the major coastal markets have so much money that they can spend uh, freely. And, and we in the small markets don't have that luxury. And so it, it shouldn't be allowed. Well, what if we switch the television model? The the cable contracts are, have been a major source of revenue for these teams for a long time. So if the model is changed so that everyone is getting an equal share, and so it's up to people like Steve Cohen, people like the Guggenheim Group in uh, in LA to spend their own money in addition to whatever the equal portion of a national TV deal would be, 
why wouldn't that work? Doesn't that seem to you to be like a, a pretty even exchange? You know, as a as very much an admitted layman in this sense, absolutely. I think that it would it would raise up the I guess not only the the revenue of of smaller market teams, but I would assume probably reinvigorate those fan bases, get them excited about their teams again. You know, if these smaller ball clubs just put a little bit of effort, if things were to change, you know, it's not like they haven't changed. They got, they're now getting what a hundred million a year with their TV deal. And they, some of these small market teams aren't even touching that, but you know, even take what they're doing now with that hundred million dollars a year. If they were to spend, let's say half of that, on their ball club, whether it be on the roster, whether it be advancing in the stadiums, whether it, whatever, investing, reinvesting it back into the team, you know, that would plant seeds. That would, you know, plant seeds in a fan base and say, Hey, look, we have, there's actually a future ahead of us. You know, look at the Royals. The Royals are going to feel the, a subpar team this year, very bright future. no, inclination to take things to the next level until things are absolutely ready. They don't want to spend money until they have to. That's what it sounds like to me. But, you know, if you have all of a sudden this lucrative, lucrative league wide vibe, everyone's got money and everyone's got money to spend. It it almost changes the landscape from at least from a fan's perspective, you know, waiting for these owners to actually spend the money I guess, you know, probably our faces will turn blue holding our breaths until that happens. But, um, you know, it would be a renaissance in the sport. Yeah. Everyone to be on board and for everyone to have a new lease on life, no matter your market, no matter your whatever. It, it, that's how you revolutionize the game. Yeah, and also to allow people to watch because the other thing that's coupled in with that is that blackouts would be gone. Yeah, and now what do you think? You think it would be a streaming thing? You think it would be a channel, like a a block of channels on cable service? You think it would be a a YouTube TV thing like NFL's doing next year? Like they do have options. They can go a multitude of ways with this. Yeah, I mean, it depends, right? The NFL sells its TV rights to... Uh, Fox to CBS to NBC to ESPN and Major League Baseball does that to an extent. But if they were to package certain primetime games that, you know, uh, no offense to the that traditional rivalry that but that aren't just Red Sox Yankees 11 times a year. I think that uh, that does a great deal. I, I think also a lot of teams are starting to do this moving start times up to 640. or even a little bit earlier, that's going to make it tough for people to maybe get in by first pitch. But I think that that means that more people will stay until the end of games. More people will be able to watch until the end of games on television. And it's, it's not necessarily even like getting people to turn it on. It's getting them to be able to stay on for the most important parts of the game. Because if you are trying to sell your game to somebody it should be like the highest stakes. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, sh- it should be like a 12th inning 
with, uh, you know, the visiting team up one and, and two runners on for the home team, two outs, like with their best hitter coming up. Those are the moments that, 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 um, that we should want people, particularly children to be able to stay up and see. Yeah. So, um, I'm hopeful that the, that this TV, uh, the, the failure on the part of the regional sports networks is going to open up the doors for major league baseball to do something like that. Because I agree with you. I think it could be a Renaissance for baseball. It, yeah, it certainly has the potential to, but we'll see. I got this, this irking feeling they're going to shoot themselves in the foot once again. And, but we'll see. Imagine, imagine though, if Steve Cohen really could, you know, even if it's turning one owner by one owner and saying, guys, this is the way, this is the way, follow me. This is the way. And you actually get like, you know, what if the Cubs were, were to go out and start spending? What if the, you know, what if the red, I mean, that's, that's a, never going to happen with the current ownership group, but I was going to say the reds, um, you know, but like, how about the Rays? The Rays have has ha, are such an advanced organization with such a poor excuse of fielding uh, of investing in their ball club. Um, you know, if they had just thirty percent higher of a payroll, that could be a major league, a World Series contender every year. You know, and and, and just imagine like. The Pirates with with, a, with one of the brightest futures in baseball right now. You give them five years and money to spend, and that could be a World Series contender if the organization wants to try hard enough. And if you're baseball, you want to get to a point that all 30 teams or shit, all 32 teams, if you want to take it there, yep. are going to get to the point that everybody wants to win that championship. Everybody wants to get there. Stadiums packed 81 times a night with their home fans. Everybody wants eyes glued to the TV through August. If your team is good through September, like everybody wants it. That's the dream for me, at least from a fan, very novice perspective. The opportunity is there. The opportunity has been there. How they're not, how they haven't jumped at it before and how they're not on freaking trampolines now jumping for it it is you know beyond the pale but major league baseball yeah (laughs) so a couple things uh pittsburgh which is not just a good baseball city but a great baseball city really deserves that from their ownership and uh second of all you would think that some of these owners would just getting be like tired of people not liking them right like (laughs) I don't know how anyone could look at, you know, Cohen is so loved by the fan base. Um, and, and it's because, you know, and he said this during his, his, uh, like the taking questions the other day at spring training, they're not even doing that much, but any sort of opportunity that they take to engage with the fans. And it's a very passionate fan base, obviously, as we're part of it, uh, that 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 is so important yeah. to the fans and so just looking around like you would think that the other owners would take note of of what uh steve and alex cohen are doing and and how it has completely turned around this franchise just 
you know, the, the on-field stuff has been good also, 100 wins. Um, they've got better players than they did before, but um, just the the feeling, the vibes around this organization have gone from LOL Mets, like what an embarrassment, uh, uh, the Wilpons just doing all sorts of horridness to somebody that is a fan and is willing to to put their money where their mouth is and and really just advocates for people like you and I, even though, you know, he couldn't be further removed from what we are. And, and so to me, that, that means a lot. And, and I hope that other owners will be like that, right? Like, yeah, even John Henry, right? Like Fenway Sports Group has had probably as much success as an ownership group could possibly have. Uh, in owning the owning the Red Sox, and the fans can't stand them. Yeah, well, they had and to like they had to give him freaking purple nurples just to sign their freaking. You know, I don't want to say he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I think Rafael Devers is one of the best players in baseball. Yeah. You know, they had to. I would have rather they, had. They had to pull him down the hallway by his ear just to get him to offer him a contract. Like it's beyond me. He's more concerned with his other ventures. I'm sure. Yeah, but I mean, not even because like I so I follow Liverpool um, and they've had almost no investment either uh, recently. And so the the Liverpool fans hate FSG as well. So <laughs> it's uh, he's kind of cornered on that. But yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. Uh, we would go blue in the face holding our breath to see some change, but I'm hopeful and I'm glad that the one guy who is interested in doing this is is our owner. Yeah, uh, this is, um, again, it's a peak in, of course it's a peak in, in, in Mets baseball, but it could be a peak in the, in in a sense of a, in a greater sense, at least it, it, throughout the sport, if, if everybody kind of plays plays ball but I was really taken by one of uh, Steve Cohen's quotes I know he spoke to the media I believe on Monday um, I have a little snippet here it's uh, and I quote I made a commitment to the fans it wasn't a short term commitment when I do something I don't do it halfway when I'm in I'm all in I don't accept mediocrity well and so I have a certain high expectation if it requires to me invest to if it requires me to invest in this club, I'm going to do it. You know, you yeah. could show that to any fan of any sports team in any country in the world. And they say, "Yeah, I want that guy as my owner." And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's a good time to be a Mets fan. Absolutely. Ah, Taryn, I this one this was fun. Um I, 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 for one, I love when you fill me in on like the, um, the business aspect of sports, because, you know, I, I look at the diamond, bro. I look at the, what's going on in the field, bro. Like you, you're able to, um, to fill me in when I have absolutely no clue what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, well, uh, I think you, you obviously know a lot about everything <laughs> in the game, but I'm glad that I can, uh, play a part in that. And, um, it, for me, everything that happens off the field makes the stuff on the field that much more interesting. It adds different layers to uh, the narrative of of what's going on. So, uh, I'm obviously, always uh, happy to to talk with you, and and I'm glad that we have an outlet to be able to do this. You're gosh darn right, my friend.
And uh, I guess on that note, we are uh, we're back next week, ever so closer to Matt's opening day. And I don't know, maybe we'll grab a guest or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Maybe if something interesting happens with uh, Phil Regan's lawsuit, we'll talk about that. Um, oh, yeah. no. The Vulture. I can't believe they uh, they pushed him out like like well as it appears they did. Well, I'm sure we'll have some uh, some updates on that before the next time we hit record. That's right. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. Um, enjoy these special special times in uh, in in the Mets universe, and uh, you know the sign off. It's let's fucking go Mets. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>